Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. What's going on, folks? This is Ty from Breaker Culture, and this is episode 42 of Breaker Culture Weekly. Thank you so much for joining today. Uh, yeah, it's a big week in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is about ready to take the field on Saturday, lead us victoriously through the playoffs to the Super Bowl. It's going to be a miraculous ride. I hope everyone's excited and buckled up for it. Um, got a snowstorm they're predicting here in Kansas City, so that could obviously impact the game it's going to make it fun but good times here in kc great times for uh for the chiefs fans in general but uh, hey today's a great episode today i had the pleasure of talking to suze susan she's known as suze on twitter um and she is awesome she is the social media guru for tops and manages really all of the marketing and social media aspects uh for tops when it comes to online marketing and uh yeah, such a pleasure to talk to. I think you're going to enjoy some of the content and some of the topics we talk about. We talk about all kinds of stuff, as usual, in these interviews. And you get to know Suze uh, a lot better. And also, we get to dive into some products and some things about Tops that uh, I think you'll find interesting. So I won't spoil it too much, but Top Series 1 is coming out. And let's face it, it marks the beginning of really the collecting, the sports collecting season for the year. And uh, that's three weeks away. So we're going to dig into that a little bit towards the end. Enjoy the conversation with Suze. But I do think you need to know there's some important releases in the next three weeks. Not just Top Series 1 Baseball, but this week, tomorrow, we're recording this on Thursday, January 10th. Tomorrow, Friday, January 11th, Panini Contenders Football comes out. And it's a big release. This is the flagship release for Panini when it comes to football cards. I mean, this really will dictate how successful, how... Um, how much of a, a, I guess, thumbs up, thumbs down you give the collecting season for football. And it's already coming out of the gates pretty hot. I'm just putting the finishing touches on an article just talking about the product release in general. And there's a lot of interesting things that I, I noticed around the release from a statistical perspective. One, now I threw this on Twitter, I can't believe how hard it is to hit a New York Giants SP or auto card. Like literally the second most difficult team to hit a, an auto or a SP from is the New York Giants. I mean, only the, the New Orleans Saints are are more difficult um, from that perspective. Top five teams, just so you know, Dallas Cowboys and Pittsburgh Steelers are basically neck and neck. Dallas is number one, Steelers two, Broncos number three, and then it drops off by about 10% to the 49ers, Packers, Ravens um, as the top sixth, uh, top six. And then the Bears, Redskins, Patriots, Eagles round out the top 10. So if you're looking at from a, a statistical perspective, which teams give you the highest chance of hitting an autograph or an SP, look at those 10 teams. You'll see the breakdown on the website too. Go to breakerculture.com. It'll be in the front page. You'll also find it. I'll promote it on Twitter for you to check out. Uh, and then I made a couple other observations too. I've started looking at products from the perspective of the top rookies for the year, uh, just to give you a, a, a kind of a more specific look into um, how products look for rookies and really how uh, the rookies differ across products. I think it's kind of fascinating to see when you start looking at different products and how the, the rookies um, differ. So for, for instance, contenders, right? Uh, of the 
top 25 NFL rookies. And, and, and I say that uh, from the perspective of, of what NFL.com puts out. They put out kind of a weekly report. Um, Cortland Sutton is the number one rookie when it, in terms of statistical odds. So you have about a 1% chance of getting a Sutton. And as a SP or an auto card, um, then it goes Nick Chubb, Anthony Miller, and then Saquon Barkley. So isn't that funny? Uh, Saquon Barkley is top four uh, of, of all of contenders for rookies. Uh, a 0.85% chance of hitting an autograph card of Saquon Barkley. Um, so kind of fascinating. Uh, but you also have to factor in that he's the only guy in the Giants, really. Um, the Kyle Aluda stuff is not popping up, obviously. So you're not going get, to get that. You're going to get mostly Barkley. But anyway, you can dig into that. Read the article. Um, and we also got some other product releases. Next week is one of my favorite personal releases, non-sports related, and that's Garbage Pill Kids. That's the uh, release of the We Hate the 90s sub uh, um, Garbage Pill Kids GPK release. Uh, one of those releases where my kids and I just love doing it, uh, love opening it, putting the sets together. It's been, a, it's been one of our favorites for years, and we'll be looking forward to that. Dominion Basketball comes out tomorrow. Um, you can find pricing for that on the site. Uh, you'll also find Crown Royal Basketball. That comes out the 23rd. So you'll find pricing for that all over the website. And again, for those who don't know, Bricker Culture, we put all the products out there, um, or most of the products, and we we give you a spot to go check out real-time wax pricing for all these different products. And you click one of the products, it'll show you here's the price from Blowout, price from eBay, price from Amazon, price from Steel City, price from Legacy. And you'll get that updated every single day. So you don't have to go search on the internet looking for what's okay. Where can I buy a box for the best price? It's going to find it for you. You click it, it'll take you there. You can buy it. Um, so yeah, use that to your advantage. The cool thing about that is you go to one of those products that you're looking forward to. And some of these we have out in advance. Um, sign up for a pricing alert. You can go to the bottom right below the chart. You can say, hey, notify me if this particular product drops below this price. And I think it's, uh, I found that folks have found a lot of use out of that when they're tracking certain products that, uh, they just don't remember to look at. And I'll try to do a better job in 2019 of getting products out there in advance so you can sign up for alerts more. But uh, but yeah, good good way for you to real quickly be alerted if uh, if something meets your threshold of spending. So, And then, of course, we got uh, Series 1. And my favorite, or I maybe shouldn't say favorite, the product I'm most anticipating for basketball this year is Optic. I think Optic has a chance at really gaining ground within the hobby mainly because of the flaws of prison basketball. So really curious to see how Optic looks this year. Uh, I got this gut feeling that maybe it was underordered a bit and ends up becoming a really sleeper, sneaky, good product. So watch that closely. Um, Optic basketball comes out at the end of this month. So uh, really, really excited about that as well. So anyway, enjoy the interview with Suze. And uh, as always, give us feedback leave comments and go to iTunes and leave us a review for our, our, our podcast. We'd love hearing what you have to say. And obviously it helps us when we're, uh, we're trying to promote the podcast. Have a great week. Suze, good morning. How are you? Hi, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks so much for joining today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Crazy day for, for you with your child being a little sick and mine's got the same sickness little pink eye yeah they just every one person gets it and you might as well the rest of america get it because that's how that's how quickly it spreads (laughs) if you watch the news these days that's what it feels like 
there's like an outbreak of something every day i feel like <laughs> oh yeah it's like oh this one has the flu and then literally like 85 other people you know suddenly have the flu and you're right. like okay cool right exactly well which brings me to a good point i mean this is really why we had this conversation today what are we going to do about this government shutdown how, how are we going to fix this What's, what's oh, that's what, we're, that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> I, I should have sent you the agenda. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Um, I say, you know, approve a budget that, you know, or, or let the people go back to work and continue discussions. I don't understand why that, that's, that doesn't seem too difficult to me, but. Agreed. I, ju- I just make baseball cards. Yeah. You, you help people get away from that. You know, so funny thing. We have we have a snowstorm coming into Kansas City this weekend. It's a big topic of discussion because the Chiefs are playing, right? And so we got the, the, the playoff game here. How's it going to affect Patrick Mahomes? Well, one of the radar systems is run by the National Weather Service, as you'd expect. Well, apparently they're not getting good reports, and they're blaming it on employees not being able to maintenance the radar system because they're out of work. They can't go to go to work. It's like, what? That, really? Those things don't run you, by themselves? Yeah, well, you would also think like, you know, things that are important, like radars. I don't know. <laughs> they sound important to me. True. Would uh, be one of those exempt jobs. Right. Exactly. But anyway, yeah, we're not talking about the government shutdown. Screw <laughs> that. But uh, yeah, so you're, you're a big, you're a big TV show fanatic. It sounds like. Is that a fair statement? It's a fair statement. Okay. I don't get to watch as much as I would like, as I'm sure you know, having kids. Um, they either own the TV or by the time they're in bed, you're just like, yeah, I'm going to go to sleep. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know that. Well, or you end up watching just a bunch of things that you never would have watched anyway, because it's a I, little more cleaner. It's a little more pure for the kids. <laughs> I know every song in Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and <laughs> all the Disney Junior shows. I got them all down. M O U S E. That's all I. That's all I comes to mind when I think of Mickey Mouse. Now, um, what what are you watching? What's uh, what's a show you and the hubby have been hooked on these days? Yeah. So, well, my my favorite TV show is Supernatural. I think. Uh, okay. I've tweeted about it. I love Supernatural. It's been on for 14 seasons, which is absolutely absurd. And I was I literally was watching from day one, and um, I took a little break around like. In some middle years there but then you know recall up watching netflix and still watch but it's my absolute favorite tv show i love supernatural um i'm trying to think because like again lately i just haven't really watched a whole lot of stuff especially lately but are you a binge starts- watcher like when you start something you just can't stop you finish it um yeah okay. that's the kind of it's like if something is like several seasons long i'm like well do I want to put in this commitment now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I was like, this is like, oh, this is five seasons. Like if it's on Netflix, I'm like, am I committed to, can I commit to this <laughs> right. right now? Right. Uh, yeah. So that's my issue. I'll have to commit to it. Yep. But unfortunately, I just really haven't, especially this year, just haven't really watched a lot of TV. I love Better Call Saul. So that's something that me and my husband will watch together. And we, you know, we make sure we actually watch that live. It's one of the, Probably the only thing we watch live, to be quite honest. Everything else is either on Hulu or Netflix. Like we are, I've been a cord cutter for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. I could tell you, since the day after this, the season finale of The Sopranos was the last time I had cable. So it's been a long wow. time. So we have, yeah. So we have Netflix and Hulu, and we recently actually got um, what's it called, Sling. 
So oh, it allows super. us to have like, you know, a bunch of different channels, which has the Disney Junior. So my son can watch his shows. Um, we get to watch, we watch uh, NFL Red Zone for like to watch the football games on the weekend. But we still, we actually get like local Fox and local NBC on it too. Oh, nice. uh, but it has AMC for Better Call Saul, which was why we got it. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. What about you? What TV shows you're into? Yeah, so I mentioned this the last few episodes, but we're my wife and I are hooked on this this uh, show called Blue Bloods. Oh yeah, I used to actually watch that from like I watched it for like the first two seasons, yeah. and then and by cable. <laughs> sort of. Yep. Yeah, isn't it funny? You just mentioned you watch one show live. Like that's unheard of these days. Like I honestly can't think of a show that I watch live now, except for sports. Yeah, that's that's insane, but. But yeah, we're. I think we've grown out of that phase of spending hours and hours watching shows. It's more of a can we fit it into our normal life? <laughs> if we can, then let's figure out a way to watch it. And that's one of those shows where I feel like you can, you can sit down and relax and do other things and still watch that show. It's not. It's not like Narcos where you have to sit there and like l- literally be st- stuck to the TV for hours at a time. Oh sure. Yeah. I remember when we were watching Breaking Bad, like my husband watched it first and he's like, this was like his wallet was still, he's like, you should watch the show. Mm-hmm. And we would watch like two episodes on Netflix. I'm like, I need to stop. I'm like, this is too much for me. Like my heart is racing. Like I've had like anxiety right now. I'm like, well, I can't watch more than two episodes at a time. <laughs> That's funny. It's funny you say that. Yeah. My wife was the same way. She, uh, it was, uh, gosh, what was it? 24. It was 24 Jack Bauer stuff. Mm-hmm. And she would just be like. I, I can't do this anymore. I'm like having dreams. Like I'm in the middle of these battles. You know, I'm getting shot at. I'm like, yeah, let's probably stop this. <laughs> but anyway, I saw you posted something on Twitter about the uh, the guys playing Mario Kart at Kauffman Stadium. How cool How is, funny that? is that? That's so awesome. So awesome. Yeah, I saw that pop up on like on. Uh, I was actually I don't. I'm not a big Facebook fan, but actually, I like I open it so I can do some work on it, and then like it was literally the first thing that popped up. I'm like, this is hilarious. It was like, how awesome would that be to play Mario Kart on this huge jumbo? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, I, I think they're they're preparing themselves for the fact that there's not going to be a lot of people in the stands this year, and they're finding other ways to <laughs> to get people excited. I don't know. But... Mario Kart tournaments during the year. Say that again. Mario Kart tournaments during the season. There you go. Exactly. That's the neat. Screw like the ketchup and hot dog races. They need to do actual Mario Kart races during the game. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. So you you mentioned you're not into Facebook. What's up with that? I mean, in your role, Uh, I would assume you're kind of you have to be connected to it. On Facebook every day because of my role, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, not Not a fan of it. My social media platform of choice. Yeah. I prefer Twitter. And Instagram a little bit more. I would say of the top three, it's like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Mm. Yeah, I don't disagree. D- do you think it's kind of insane how much the hobby relies on Facebook now? Did you did you foresee this happening? No, I mean it's interesting because like you know for a while, yeah, you know, obviously people were on Facebook, and then Twitter came along, and I think I mean I used to have a blog, so like mm-hmm. ten years ago, blogs were where people would get their information and where, you know, the community sort of rallied around, like people on different blogs and commenting all the time. Um, you know, there's still some blogs that are super popular. They're just not as popular, I think, as they used to be. Yep. Um, because a lot of people started going to Twitter and Facebook, things like that. But what's crazy to me is like in the last like two years, seeing the 
proliferation of the Facebook groups and just how collectors have flocked to these with a lot of like, you know, buy, sell, trade groups or people just wanting to talk about cards, showing off their stuff, you know, breakers creating groups and, you know, getting people in that way. Um, so I thought I thought that Facebook groups especially have been very interesting and just, um, you know, a different way for collectors. Like they're like the new message boards, you know, like yeah. back in the day, like its message board was crazy and obviously blowouts is crazy. But I feel like these Facebook groups are like the new message board where, you know, people come together to chat about cards. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of it at all. Honestly, I can't even I have a hard time even pushing myself to do it. But get involved in it but yeah it's it's mind-blowing to me i mean some of those groups have like fifteen thousand people oh yeah i mean i'm a part of probably only like four or five but like there's a lot of them out there yeah Uh, i mean you mentioned blogging i I mean i know that's kind of your background and i think on your twitter profile you talk about dork side of the force what's up with that um so it's something that i run the star wars fan-sided site which it's dork side of the force um it's all Star Wars content, all Star Wars related. So I'm the what they call the site expert. So essentially, yeah. like the editor of the site. Yeah, um, and you know that we have like probably like two dozen contributors. So I you know edit their stories and post stuff, but I also post my own content. It's a lot of fun because um, if you love Star Wars, it's a lot of fun. The other, what's cool is like there's so much star wars content out there from even like the movies TV, the animated shows the new shows that are coming on disney plus the books the comments that everybody likes something different so like you're never there's some people like i love i actually i love the books like i can't mm-hmm. wait for the new books to come out like i'm a huge reader like we talked about tv shows before i am a reader before i'm a tv show i love to read books it's like, I'm so excited for, like, new books coming out this year. Hmm. But then you'll have the people who are, like, crazy into the animated shows, like Clone Wars and Rebels. And it's cool because, like, you learn something different from everybody. Yeah. And uh, I've really enjoyed it. Like, I've been there about six months. Um, but I've really enjoyed it because, like, I learn something new every day about, like, or somebody has, like, a crazy Star Wars theory. Yeah. You're like, ah, I never heard of that. But maybe. You never know. It, it, it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I was looking through the site. It's an, it's an impressive site. There, you're right. There is a ton of content, like unique content on that site. I'm oh. surprised by like we probably post like a hundred or more posts a month, and I'm, I'm like, how do we continue to do that? You no know, it's kidding. like, yeah, it's fun. That is awesome. Yeah. Would Would you say Star Wars collectors are are unbelievably more crazy than sports card collectors? Or are they more similar than we think? I think that you're, they're more similar than you think, but I also okay. think that they have different expectations, um, so to speak. Hmm. I'm trying to think how to, like, so you know, for Star Wars collect card collectors, especially, um, you know, they they a lot most a lot of these fans are going back to the 70s when Topps first started creating Star Wars cards. Yeah. So you know, they're collecting these cards. Um, the changeover into like having autographs and relic cards and like the patch cards, um, I feel it was a lot more sudden perhaps for them than it yeah. was for baseball baseball collectors. So it was a, a little bit of a change and it's, it's it takes some getting used to. But with what's the difficulty when it comes to like entertainment, the difference between like baseball and entertainment is like when it comes to autographs, mm-hmm. baseball, there's always a new crop of people every year. Cause you have always these new rookies. There's not a lot of turnover like that in star Wars. You know, yeah. it's 
the same people who have been in the movies for 40 years and like you get a couple of handful of new characters and it's still different and then you have to work out like l- deals with them and some are interested and some are not and it's glaring when there's not somebody on the entertainment side who is not in a product as opposed to baseball so like you could like okay like in baseball maybe you don't have I can't even think of a player right now that Tops doesn't have a deal with. But, like, if you don't have, you know, the star of what the Red Sox mm-hmm. signing autographs, perhaps, but it's not as glaring because you're still getting a Trout, a Pujols, a Judge, an Otani. You know, there's still all right. these other baseball players that would fill in that gap. But if you don't have, a you know, somebody in Star Wars, like a, one of the big stars not signing, it's a little more noticeable. Hmm. That's a good. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, you don't have Chewbacca is not performing. He's not doing really well on the set these days. We're demoting him to cartoons only. Like you don't, you don't have a minor league system for the. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's uh, so that's interesting. Not, like, yeah, the new movies come out and like great. Like Force Awakens came out, a whole slew of new actors, and you know, tops is Daisy Ridley and John Boyega mm-hmm. and um, Kylo Ren, who's Adam Driver, and like, cool, these guys are signing, but. Now it's still the same people from four years ago, hmm. you know, like there's, you know, there's maybe a handful of, you know, new actors who are coming that you're like, okay, cool. It's not, but it's not 50, you know, it's, it's three. Interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. So, you, okay. So I'm, I'm approaching this from, I mean, I don't have the experience that obviously you had and the love for Star Wars that you have, but I got really into Star Wars collecting probably five or six years ago when it from my perspective, got kind of hot and heavy and Masterwork came out for the first time. Super fun. <laughs> so cool. It's it hard to get, but when you got it, it was just a really fun product. Um, would you say it's cooled off a little bit? I just don't, maybe um, I'm not as tuned in as much as I used to be with Star Wars, but it seems like it's not talked about quite as much. Maybe it's just saturated, saturated a little bit. I don't know what, what am I missing? I, I think it happens with, with a lot of products. Like the first year something debuts, there's yep. a lot of buzz. And it's not just card products. It's anything. Sure. The first year something happens, the original, the number one, is always, you know generally is always going to be the hottest, most talked about, most exciting product. Right. And then, you know, second year it's like, oh, cool. Second year, cool. Third year, cool. Fourth year, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, but now, now you know what to expect. Initially, like you have right. no idea what to expect. So here was this masterwork product. It was, you know, if you want to compare it to baseball, it was similar to museum yep. baseball. The way mm-hmm. the packaging was, the thickness of the cards, the type of cards you're able to pull with like the sketch cards and the wood cards and all these kinds of things, which is, Framed, to yep. me, those sketch wood, those wood cards with the sketches on them, those are the coolest cards to me. But side the point. So you didn't know what to expect, and it was this like amazing excitement. So, but now year two, you know exactly what to expect. It's true, and you know you know what to expect. So you know it's not that like newness of it. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. The, the, the new the new car smells worn off. Yeah, it's exactly. Just a car. But yeah, you know, and you know some still love it, and like everything. I see this all the time. As a collector, you're gonna you're not gonna love everything. That's just the way it is. Like I don't collect everything. I love cards, and I don't collect everything because I, you know, some things I prefer over others, and that's just that's just the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So set, setting aside masterwork, I mean, in general, would you say the Star Wars market is cooling off a bit, or is it is it kind of trajectory still heading upwards? And I say that because I mean, movies are they're starting to pull back on movies a little bit. I think they're realizing, okay, maybe we threw a little bit out there too fast what um should we continue to see the type of releases that tops is putting out with star wars in the past couple years 
Or are you yeah, I think you're gonna, no, I think you're going to see uh, uh, several more releases this year. Yeah. Um, I, it's kind of sort of second back half year heavy because that's when episode nine comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot of cool products. I mean, the product that just came out, Galaxy just came out, which, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars fans are super excited about because that kind of a legacy product. You know, it, it was what, seven or so different series previously to mm-hmm. it coming out, one coming out. Um, but, you know, there's some products coming out this year which i can't discuss just yet but i think uh, around celebration we can say more because we'll have at star wars celebration you know tops is running the autograph pavilion there mm-hmm. and the different stars will be out and we'll be able to actually get a lot more on card autographs because awesome. of that yeah very cool and we're about that Cool. I mean, so let's talk a little bit about what you do um, and you being the marketing communications manager. Um, what exactly does that mean? Um, so at Tops, I run this and I run our social media channels from like, you know, strategies, execution and then PR. So talking to different media outlets, you know, pitching stories, working with different agencies for PR. And really, like any communication that comes like outside of the tops building, kind of runs through me, so that you know it's all consistent and we're all on the same page. Oh, cool! Very cool. So you're you're the uh, the filter, if you will, for tops. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I'm the right person. For that. <laughs> yeah, I say I probably say a lot more than I should, but yeah. <laughs> That's fun. So, do you manage then the? I mean, all of the top social media accounts. You kind of handle yeah. all that. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, outside so, of customer support, uh, of course. Yeah, a lot of the, you know, the ideas of what we're posting about, you know, a lot of the content um, comes from me, like what we're doing and mm-hmm. how we're doing it. That's developed, you know, with me, with obviously the blessings just from above. And, um, you know, a lot of the images that we work on, a lot of the giveaways that we do. That's all, you know, it's all stuff that comes through me. Awesome. I want to make sure folks hear this. Suze is not responsible for Tops customer support. Do not hit her up with support issues. <laughs> no, because I, I mean, the reality is I don't even have the, like, the tools that the customer team uses to be able to, like, figure it out. So generally sure. the best, I know it's tough, but the best course of action is our customer service team. And just always give them a call because you'll talk to somebody that day as opposed to, you know, emailing and have, waiting several business days for a response. Yeah. Awesome. So what would you say the, is the most enjoyable part of, of doing what you do then? Hmm. <laughs> it's mm. uh, hard. Uh, Facebook, our Facebook live videos on Thursday are fun <laughs> because, well, I don't know if you ever got a chance to watch. It's uh, myself and my colleague, Kevin. We do the videos and, you know, we have fun opening packs of cards and, mm-hmm. you know, just a chance to actually talk to collectors too. Yep. Um, one-on-one not one-on-one really but um live um you know we we i read a lot of the comments but i'm also opening cards at the same time so sometimes it's difficult to respond but it, it's it's that immediate feedback and it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun it's, it's always like people are like oh, i wish i had your job i'm like this is only 30 minutes of my job <laughs> right um but um it's it's really is fun because at the same time like i get to open cards you know Heck like yeah. 30 minutes or so like i'm ripping packs of maybe sometimes of things like i'll never open like a museum collection you know that's not something like 
I have opened as much in the past, but sure. you know, there I get to open it or, you know, try to think some other, like a dynasty. Like, I don't think we should do dynasty this year. Maybe, maybe we will. Um, but like getting to open stuff like that, it's, it, it really is a lot of fun because I get to see the entire gamut of like what tops is putting out hmm. from, you know, from like an opening day all the way up through, you know, a museum or a tribute or something like that. Yeah. No, that is cool. Yeah. I can, I can see why people would be, drooling over that opportunity for sure yeah they haven't given me transcendent though i'm still trying to work on yeah well there you go <laughs> yeah that's that's a topic for another another day transcendent's incredible <laughs> uh so I, I guess we should have backtracked a little bit are you a collector yourself i'm a huge collector okay. yeah i've let's, been uh, collecting since i was a kid Okay. Um, I did have, I mentioned before, I had, I used to have a card blog. It was called, a, well, it still exists. It's called a cardboard problem where uh, my friend <laughs> and I would uh, you know, write about our travels in the card world. And um, yeah, so and I still collect. I'm a huge Derek Jeter collection awesome. collector. That's what I have. My collection, I'm a Yankees fan. And my collection is really, I have over probably like 3,000 unique Jeter cards at this point. Hmm. And so that's fun. The other part, the other part of fun the tops is like people open you know packs and they're like, oh, I got a cheetah card. You want it? I'm like, sure do. Thank you. <laughs> so that's always the fun part too. Um, but then I get to come home and like my husband's also a big card collector. Uh -huh. So the two of us like get to open packs of cards together. And that, that while in the building at tops is the fun part of like the Facebook Live video, like. Like outside of the building, that's definitely a favorite is, you know, getting to me and my husband will just sit there and open packs of cards. And it's something we get to do together. That's cool. What does he collect? He's a Texas Rangers fan. So Whoa. he collects. Yeah. So he collects, you know, Texas Rangers stuff. <laughs> Nolan Ryan. Yeah. That kind of stuff. All right. So so baseball is, 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 is priority number one, sounds like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're big baseball fans in our house. I've already got my son say, yeah, he's, he'll see like the Yankee symbol and he'll say ball. I'm like, yeah, baseball, Yankee. <laughs> oh, love it. I love it. So what, what was kind of your journey then to, to tops? Were you involved in sports cards at all? I mean, you, the blog existed before all this, of course. Did that help you get involved in tops? It did because, okay. you know, I had the card blog and I was writing there for a very long time. We had the blog for about I would say consistently for about four or five years um my job at the time was as a sports writer so I was a sports journalist covering you know but yeah, pretty much everything I was in South Jersey at the time I was living down there and mm -hmm. I covered the Phillies the Eagles and the high school sports like I literally covered everything hmm. and through being a journalist and having the card blog um Beckett, Chris Olds at Beckett had reached out to me and was like, hey, would you like to do some freelance work for us? Mm -hmm. um, I was headed to the national, whatever year that was, I don't remember. Um, would you like to write some articles? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great because like I have the background in writing and I obviously have the knowledge of card collecting. Sure, writing for Beckett makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, so I wrote for Beckett and Tracy Hackler was there at the time too. So, it was, so I wrote a bunch of articles with for Chris and Tracy that it was like that weekend national probably wrote like four or five different articles. Um, and then started like a freelance basis for them writing for their magazines. And when a job opening, this Tracy had already left actually at this point, but a job opening appeared at Beckett for writing for some of the magazines and I applied and got the job. So I was the Beckett editor of football, hockey and basketball for about two years and then I saw a job opening at the Tops company. And, you know, I did have a relationship with some of the people that worked at Tops through my job and said, hey, I'd love to interview for this job. And they 
I came in, interviewed for a job, and it was not the job I have now. Uh, the job at the time was um, it was an, it's called a sports editor, and the sports editor has involvement in the products themselves. So mm-hmm. they are picking images, cards, editing, you know, the back copy, making sure you know the card looks right your cropping image you know a lot of that is it, that's a lot of it um so i mm-hmm. got the job yeah yeah <laughs> working at top set so through my because of me blogging originally like at a cardboard problem you know twist and turns led to working at tops how fun is that that's cool it was amazing that is amazing. absolutely amazing that's awesome so so some of your content for beckett was it was it being published in the magazine or was it online exclusive what was um, yeah, I think the first, a little bit of both, yeah. you know, the first couple magazines, I mean, the first couple articles I did definitely went online right away, but then, you know, were like repackaged for the magazines. Sure. And then when I was the editor, like all, you know, a, there was more content online for sure, mm-hmm. but there was then original content for the magazines as well. Mm. That's very cool. Yeah. My, uh, it's fun. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to relay the excitement I had growing up with Beckett magazines to my kids. And so like I, I buy them, I set them on their bed when they come home from school and I kind of encourage them to read these things. Just not the same as it used to be. <laughs> I remember as a kid, like they had like certain segments. It was like, yep. if you had a hundred dollars, what would you buy? Like what cards would you buy with that hundred dollars? And it was kind of cool. Like reading people's, you know, comment you know what they would buy um you know sometimes it was like one big card other times it was like you know cards that would fill in a collection but i think you know i think the difference is when we were kids back it was the only source for That's this true. you know there was yeah. there was no internet like sorry like hey i'm old there was no internet when I was a kid, <laughs> right. um, but um now there's just so many places to get information from you know back it was their blog and like ryan does a fantastic job even the card companies, all, all of them have their own blogs and a way to like disseminate news. You have plenty of other, you know, Facebook and message boards, just so many places now to get content that, you know, for back at it's, you know, the magazine's a little difficult to stand out in that world now. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. It's funny. You funny you mentioned that. I feel like the, uh, I've been impressed actually with some of the blogs from the manufacturers now. It's almost like that's where you go for exclusive content. You don't, you don't even worry about the third parties anymore. So much good stuff coming out from you guys. It's fun. Um, so let's, let's step back into, you know, your role and kind of what happens at tops. What, what would you say is the most difficult part of the process from planning to production to marketing to selling all that good stuff that happens with a release that maybe folks don't really understand? Um, do you mean tops overall? The tops overall. Let's just, let's just put ourselves in the mind of a product itself. You know, what, what part in that process is just really difficult to manage and to figure out? I'll, I'll say this. When I first started working there, like, I thought I knew how this stuff worked. You know, like, I'm a card collector. Of course I know. <laughs> and then I learned I didn't know how any of it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so there was so much. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Um that it's like it's really difficult to be like wait what like hold it's like you actually have to be like wait how does this work again hmm. so a card product like when we're it's, it's it really starts in development maybe 11 months before it comes out mm-hmm. so it starts with like what they call a product description and it's like this is here you know let's say 2019 series one baseball this is everything that's in it this is what the parallels look like this is what this looks like and then from that point on like you know 
we it gets discussed and then it goes to the pre-production team who have to figure out like where everything is going to fit on like the sheets that get cut where mm-hmm. everything's going to fit these forms and how if a card has certain unique technology how is this card going to get made and is it made properly and like maybe they have to do like early printing to see like what what kind of paper or what kind of materials work best there's so much that goes on that even 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 somebody working at jobs i don't even see a lot of it because it's like within the different departments of the things that are going on and uh you know i'll give them a lot of credit because sometimes like you know it's like one of those things like i like i always i always say this it's like your wedding when you get married things are going to go wrong but you'll be the only one who knows it nobody else will so have a great time because nobody else knows that you know your flowers didn't come with (laughs) the exact ones you wanted sometimes it's like that things there'll be so many like fires and things happening ahead of time but the collectors won't know about and they just want a great Hmm. product so keep moving forward and put out a great product and nobody has to know that you were you slept in the office for three days to make sure that this <laughs> you know that this product was able to get put out that's awesome and if the product wasn't great good news two weeks from now there's a new product it's <laughs> not great that makes me a little sad you know like, <laughs> yeah no i hear you so what, what part in that process then you feel like that team or the that group has the most pressure if you were to pick one um, probably the pre-production team because mm-hmm. a lot of uh, what they're doing, you know, is there are deadlines that need to be met mm-hmm. because those deadlines have to be met for the cards then to go to the printer. And if you miss your deadlines for the printer, like they have their own scheduling. So you can't actually, you need to hit your deadlines to make, to make sure the cards get to the printer on time. Gotcha. Yeah, that would make sense. The unspoken heroes, if you will, mm-hmm. of the process. Exactly. Cause you'll never know those people. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. What, uh, what products would you say are hardest to promote market? To promote, um, you know, it's funny because Bowman is so popular with card collectors, Mm -hmm. but it's challenging to promote it to non-card collectors. If that makes sense, because while as a card collector, you know, these Bowman cards, you know, are the first cards, early cards of, you know, players that could be fantastic years from now. <laughs> if you go to like a casual baseball fan, you're like, hey, check out these Bowman cards of these prospects. They'd be like, OK, why? Like, why would I want, you know, these guys who haven't made it yet for four years when I could collect cards of Mike Trout right now? And you're like, good point. <laughs> you know? yeah. So I think that's. That's that's the challenging part with Bowman. It, again, a crazy popular product, one of our best products in our calendar year. Mm-hmm. But it's also for a very distinct group of people. Interesting. I would have never guessed that's what you'd say, but I, I guess yeah. I, I can kind of see that. Yeah, there's just there's just a bunch of names on there where unless you're an avid sports fan for your team or for the sport in general, like you you won't know those names in the double A AA, triple A system. You always want new collectors. You know, you always want new people entering the hobby because that's what's going to make the hobby grow. That's what's going to it's going to make it last for years and years. Um, you know, it's easier to do with like a series one or even even some of like the higher end stuff because you could look at it. You could look at a dynasty card with the autograph and patch and just you don't have to know about cards and be like, wow, that's cool. Hmm. Um, but then you get to Bowman and you have to explain like the you know what Bowman is like, yeah, it's these, it's these cool cards, Bowman Chrome autographs of cards that 
can be, you know, of of guys who can be huge years from now. Yeah. And it's and you're like, okay, you know, it's like people it's like people don't want to think about long term sometimes. Like, I don't know, like, well, but what can I get now? And yeah. You're like, okay, this is what you can get now. That's uh, so that's kind of refreshing actually. Bowman's fantastic, you know, because within the card community, people get Bowman, but it's like sort of like how do you explain the Bro- the Bowman proposition to the mm. people in the outside world? That's that's great. Yeah, no, I I think it's refreshing to hear, honestly, because you, my side of the world, you get so caught up on dealing with so many people in the analytics and like how, which ones make the most money, how do you invest in players? It's probably nice to talk to people who just don't care about that and just want to collect cards. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of nice. you want to know you find those people and I and I mean this 100 percent on Reddit. If you go to Reddit and you go to their baseball card collecting subreddit, these people love cards. Hmm. It doesn't matter what they pull. They, you know, they could pull some base cards they needed for their set. They could pull like a jersey card. They love cards. So if you if you need to take a step back and you need just to like feel like good about the hobby sometimes go to reddit i promise you you're gonna be like i love these people because they love cards mm, okay done i need to check out this thing called reddit i really do yeah <laughs> what would you say is the most underrated product in the top under mm-hmm. now i have been like going through my mind of all the products on the calendar <laughs> huh maybe big league baseball yeah, I mean it's a second okay. year coming out. It's yeah. a second year big league baseball, and it's you know it's uh, like for people you know low end set. I really enjoy. I opened I think like two boxes last year. Uh-huh. I really enjoyed it a lot because I'm the type of collector. Even though I collect Derek Jeter cards, I like being able to get a lot of cards within my boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just fun seeing the different cards, the f- cool designs, and you could definitely see like how it's geared towards like younger collectors and yep. you know novices. And I thought it was a lot of fun. And I think within the hobby, there are a group of collectors who want you know that 400 card base set but then there's also people who are just like sort of hit seekers and they're just looking for big cards so i think it kind of gets drowned out you know by you know i don't even know what comes out at that same time but around that time but you know big league baseball is i think is a little underrated like it yeah that's a good one yeah when does that come out is that i have to i'd have to look at the calendar but i'm pretty sure it's like may either like some may may to june somewhere in that time frame okay that was a big time frame. I actually think it's now. Like, I actually think it's May. It's sometime it. in 2019. I'm pretty confident. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully. Nice. Uh, cool. Can we take a quick break? And can I keep you for 15 yeah, more sure. minutes? All right. Cool. All right. Cool. We're back. So I would love to dig into the hobby a little bit kind of, you know, rolling into the new year. It's the obvious questions are how do you look at things differently and all those general things that the fluffy questions that you ask yourself, but the hobby's growing. I don't think anyone would argue that. Um, I mean, I guess, do you agree with that? Is the hobby growing? At a... Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. Agree with that. Cool. So let's, let's, let's approach this from the baseball card hobby. Um, from your perspective, is the hobby growing faster than your expectations? Or kind of in line with expectations? Uh, I would say it's kind of in line with expectations because it's something that, you know, we have put, you know, a focus on is, you know, growing the hobby and bringing in new collectors. Mm-hmm. You know, we 
between, you know, different releases we put out, but like just like the way we interact with people on social media and like different videos that we're putting out on Facebook and, you know, on YouTube, we're really trying to find, you know, co- you know, those collectors lots of times like collect people who collected when they were kids, got older, stopped while in you know, high school, college. And now that they're adults with their own kids, you know, like reminding them like, Hey, remember how cool it was when you collected as a kid? <laughs> Let's do it. You do it with your own kids, which, you know, we're seeing so much of. And it's been really fun because, you know, card collecting is a really fun family thing to do mm-hmm. away from a screen, which, you know, obviously we do have our, our digital apps. So people do that. But, you know, people are looking for things to do, you know, that are tangible. And, you know, we love that about, you know, baseball card collecting. Yeah. All right. So as you look at growth in general, where would you say you're most surprised with how the hobby's growing? Um, I wouldn't say surprised, but we've definitely seen a lot of growth with our, um, you know, our on-demand products. We, uh-huh. we have like the print on-demand, like Tops Now, Throwback Thursday. Um, we have the Skywalker Saga that's just started running where like we're releasing three new cards every week leading up to Star Wars Episode Nine. Um, the Tops Living Set. Like these are all products that are made specifically for Tops.com, exclusively for Tops.com mm-hmm. and have been, they've been amazing. You know, Tops Now started, we're going into our fourth season now of Tops Now and it's wow. just really grown and grown you know living set came out of the gates crazily you know it was so popular and the tops on demand products that are created like they're every you know it's like one every month every other month or so they sell off so quickly like there is we see that there is you know collectors who want these types of products and it's that's been really fun that is fun no I, that's a great answer and I, I wouldn't have thought about going down that path but are you starting to see a new kind of a new segment of the hobby open up within collectors? Uh, are, are you seeing a lot of collectors who are like, ah, you know what? I'm going to collect physical cards. I'm going to collect on-demand cards. And, and they're willing to kind of expand their own collecting, collecting, um, I guess, tendencies. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. We certainly have, you know, collectors who, you know, the kind of love to collect hmm. kind of everything. Um, but we've also seen people who, were re-energized by tops now you know they kind of were yeah. like yeah you know I, you know I, I enjoy collecting maybe not as much as I used to and then tops now comes along and suddenly that love that passion was rekindled through tops now but we've also seen a lot of new people because tops now is such a unique proposition where mm-hmm. you know new cards are made every single day of these amazing moments and if you love your team or you love your player and you were at a game it's such a unique thing to own of like this specific moment in time and you know we've seen a lot of new collectors through our tops now even and i'll say this younger collectors too so while when you think of collectors you know maybe you know like middle-aged roughly i think the tops on demand programs the print on demands has actually catered to a younger audience yeah so at what moment did you personally realize oh my goodness like there's there's some meat on this bone. Like this is this is legit. Um, Bartolo Colon's home run. <laughs> you know? um, he hits that home run. Like at the time, now we use like other things. At the time, there was like a big group text, and people are texting about this home run and craziness. And the car comes out, and next day was Mother's Day, and I'm sitting at Mother's Day brunch. 
um, at the time I was not a mommy yet, but I was sitting at Mother's Day brunch. My mom is there. My sister, all, you know, all these people were moms. And I have two phones in my hand, one my personal phone and one my work phone. And I'm like, this card needs to do this. And we have to send the card there. We have to do this. And they're like, are you serious? And I'm like, this is a big deal. I'm like, Bartolo Como hit a home run last night. And they're just looking at me like I'm insane. Um, but yeah, that was the moment. That's awesome. That is awesome. The most hobby interest Bartolo Colon will ever have was that moment. It was, it was, it was insane. And that was the moment, like, you know, obviously collectors knew about tops now, but it really put tops now out there. And, you know, in like a way that we couldn't, you know, have even paid for, Yeah, you know, it was a kind of moment that, you know, had its own life and it was, it was just a crazy. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. No, that's, that's, that is a great example of the evolution of the hobby. No doubt. No doubt. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how that kind of continues to transform this year. I think it's going to be fun. So, so one of my questions is around retail and where you see retail fitting in kind of the growth of the hobby. Uh, and I know tops has adjusted in many ways over the last five years with how retail fits in, but what do you kind of see as retail's role yeah, they're like a really strong partner of ours, like mm-hmm. Target and Walmart and I think Dollar Store and a couple of all the places. They're a super a really strong partner of ours, the same way hobby stores are partners of ours. Um, and, you know, retail is another channel for collectors to get cards like anywhere else. And it's important. And they're, they're again, super important to us because we have, you know, our card products out there, but we also have exclusive card mm-hmm. products that we put into these places. And, you know, we're always looking to get cards into the hands of collectors where they are. And that's why Target and Walmart are really important because they're kind of everywhere. Yeah. No, there's no doubt about that. Is there anything that you're going to do differently? Are you, you expected to do differently in 2019 to kind of balance hobby and retail? And, and, and I say um, that, it's kind of a loaded question, right? Is there, is there more, are you looking at putting more exclusive content in retail this year? Or maybe... I don't think that'll change, like the number. Okay. Like it'll probably be similar to what it was this year and last year. Okay. Um, both channels get exclusive content. You know, like you're not going to get Dynasty at Target and Walmart, where Bowman <laughs> Platinum is you know, Walmart exclusive. So there are like, exclusive cards to both channels, which I think is important. Can you imagine the YouTube videos we would see of people fighting over <laughs> Dynasty at Walmart? That would I'd, be uh, that'd be a little crazy. It would be priceless. That would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how, how in tune are you with, with group breakers? Do you, get, do you have weekly conversations with certain group breakers, or are you just kind of a – are you a spectator? Um, I'm more of a spectator. Like okay. I'll jump like when there's a product that comes out that like I'm super excited about. Um, I'm like, all right, like series one, I'll probably be like jumping between like different breaks. Like if series one comes out, cause I'm so excited for series one. Mm-hmm. Um, but same, like a product comes out and I'm like, Oh, let's go see what, let's go see what everybody's opening. So I like to jump into a lot of different uh, groups just to see what's going, just to see what, you know, people are saying, what comments are going on, like what cool cards are being pulled. Um, you know, I used to, I did a couple group breaks a few years ago, but mm-hmm. it's um, I like opening my own cards. <laughs> I guess that's the best way to put it. Like I have fun in opening my own cards. Of cards. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite group breaker? <laughs> I love them all the same. Oh, it was a test. Well done. <laughs> well done. All right, so so big release coming out in three weeks. 2019 top series one big flagship 
and marks the beginning of the baseball season, I think, in many people's minds. Anything we're going to be surprised about in Series 1 this year? Um, I don't think there'll be many surprises. Um, I think it's important that collectors and baseball fans are going you're going to get exactly what you want from series one baseball it is the start we call it the official start of the baseball season not baseball card season the baseball season because it means that the winter is almost over and spring training is almost here and it's it's gonna it's i'm like i every year like this is like my holiday you know it's like yeah christmas boo christmas like that (laughs) happened here it is series one baseball and it's to me it's always so fun and exciting and i I cannot wait to rip those packs open um you know we got a cool design this year which i think um kind of um an updated look to an older design a little bit at least that's my opinion on the design um, and then, you know, we're celebrating 150 years of professional baseball within the set. So we'll see a lot of things dedicated to that, you know, best players, the evolution of the game, top moments throughout this, you know, throughout the 150 years. Um, and it's going to be cool. It's going to be, I can't like, I can't wait. No, I can't wait either. No, I, I love the design of Top Series 1. Uh, I'm really excited to see how it looks in person in hand. My number choice I'm not gonna lie there was a couple options out there and it was my it was my number one choice yeah. you know that's awesome yeah. I'm not sure. my vote didn't carry much weight but it was my number one choice I'm sure it carried more weight than you think um yeah. all right so can, can you give us anything that we should be really excited about with series one that maybe folks don't know or maybe folks aren't giving enough attention to maybe it's out also, there so every year you know like there's like a kind of like a high endy card in there, like Tops Reverence. Yep. And I saw the design of it the other day because I get images mm-hmm. of from like uh, like from before pack out. I'll get images of a lot of cards so I can use them on social. And I f- was in love with this card design. It was just I can't even think. Like I just remember like going through the images. I'm scrolling, 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 and I stopped and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like, how amazing is this card? So I'll probably have to share that sooner rather than later. And so everybody else can share in the glory of this card. All right. That is exciting. It's really exciting. And of course, 1984 baseball. Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, celebrating 35 years, the 35th anniversary of the 84 baseball design, which, you know, a lot of collectors love that design and that set. So it's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, are you are you a big like prospector, rookie, collector yourself? No. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, that is like, I'm just, I, I love just to open packs of cards. Okay. I really do. Um, but generally, I just, I like the current players more than the prospectees. Although, unless it's like somebody I'm like, on the, this is a Yankee that I know is a good prospect. And I'm like, yeah, I got this, you know, I got this Aaron Judge card from 2013. So, wait, were you? Were you using yourself in the example of Bowman cards earlier? Is that is that what you just did? What? <laughs> just kidding. I yeah. understand. I understand Bowman. <laughs> I know what it's about, but it's, it's still not. You know, like when I said, like not everybody loves everything. Yeah. Not everybody loves everything. Not you know. There's something for everybody in the hobby. No doubt. Well, I don't think anyone would argue that Top Series One is for everybody. Not just, just for everybody, except for Top Series One. That's for everybody. <laughs> right. That's right. Wet, wet the appetite. But uh, all right, well, we're out of time. Um, 
I always close with something we call rapid fire. Just a few questions. Did let people get to know you a little bit more. Yes, I'm so nervous now. Okay. There's, there's probably seven questions here. I think you'll, I think you'll like them. Pretty fun. Okay. Favorite phone app. Mm, Twitter. <laughs> Should have guessed that. <laughs> or my Amazon Kindle app. I mean, it's really a toss up between the two. Okay. Oh, so that, that's a great one, but I just have a hard time reading Kindle on the phone. It kind of defeats the purpose. But anyway, this is your I have, an hour, I have an hour train ride Ooh. to and from work. Today, so I do a lot of reading. There you go. Okay. Um, you get to direct one show for a season. What TV show is it? Supernatural. Yeah. Okay. You spend... And then I would star in it too, just, just so we're aware. The director oh. would make a decision right then and there. I'm like, nope. You know what this needs? Sue's. Suze is playing every character in the show this season. It's pretty pretty phenomenal. <laughs> All right, you get to spend a day with one Star Wars character. Who is it? The actual character, not the actor. The character. Character, yeah. Um, Princess Leia. Okay. I was going to say Oscar Isaac, but I couldn't even remember. Poe Dameron, but definitely Princess Leia. Okay. Right. What's your uh, favorite Nintendo game? Zelda. Okay. Playing, playing, I'm playing, I know this is rapid fire and I'm totally ruining it, but I'm actually playing Zelda Breath of the Wild right now on Switch. So. Like as we're talking right now, you're playing it? I was playing it last night till about midnight, <laughs> but also I don't watch many TV shows as I should, as I could because I'm playing Zelda. Nice. We, uh, we got our kids a Switch this year for Christmas and so we've been, we've been going through some games. We'll have to, we'll have to try Zelda soon. Um, anyway, okay. The go-to song to put you in the right mood. What song is it? What is the right mood? Let's just say uh, productivity, to put you in the productivity mood. I will listen to Eminem. Okay. Any particular song? Uh, um, no. No song. I just put, I'll put on like Eminem, like, like just flip through like a mix of his songs and it will get me moving. Nice. You'll pump out so much social media content. People don't even know what's up. Well, I'm well aware of this, but yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. Favorite book of 2018. 18. So I can't even remember the name of it, which probably shouldn't make it my favorite book. But the game of, nope, Throne of Glass series finished. It completed an eighth book in a series and the final book came out and I was super excited for it and I loved it and I was very happy. Nice. Okay. All right. I have yeah. no idea what that is, but it sounds. Lower. It's fine. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. Okay. Yeah. All time favorite release from Tops. Ooh. Am I a total jerk if I say the year my card was in Allen and Ginter? <laughs> that makes me a complete jerk, I think. So um, yeah, I know. Very big ego. Um, <laughs> favorite release? Huh. That's a difficult, you know, it's funny. It's, it's a difficult question because I'm not a set collector per yeah. se. So, um, well, how about this? The favorite card you have in your collection? And we can narrow oh, down that this. Oh, that's an easy one. So, my favorite card in my collection is 2014. What year are we in? 19? Yeah. 2014 Tops Update. Clear variation parallel of the Derek Jeter All Star card because when I first started working at Tops, 
that card was the first card I got to pick an image for of Derek Jeter. Oh, that's Not cool. overall, but Derek Jeter. It was the first card image I ever pulled for Derek Jeter before a Derek Jeter card. And so, like, I made that card, you know, so to speak. It's like, and the clear pa- my husband bought me the clear parallel like last year, the year before, for a gift for Valentine's Day. That That's what awesome. we each other for for presents. We give each other cards <laughs> for presents. Amazing. That's absolutely yes. amazing. That's, that's cool. Very cool. All right, last question for you. The rookie, and I know we just talked about you're not being super interested in rookies, but the rookie you're most excited about in 2019 for baseball. Does he have to be called up yet? No, no, but, heck no. Because I am all for Vlad Jr. Oh boy! All right. I'm on the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hype train. Okay. And I cannot wait for him to get called up. Neither can any of us. Yes. That is. That's going to be a big moment in the hobby. <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr. Those juniors might have. I don't know if he's going to get called up this year, but uh, I'm waiting for Vlad Vlad Guerrero Jr. <sighs> Love it. Absolutely love it. We had an exchange on Twitter the other day, and, and Japers, I don't know if you know Japers, he's mm-hmm. a contributor, yeah, he, uh, he was trying to argue that he thinks this class will be potentially, and the keyword potentially, as good as 2018's class. I just don't think it's mm. possible. So, I think that it depends on your point of view. Yeah. Do you it's mean from a product? Do you mean from like a collector standpoint? Because then it's going to be hard to top because you have obviously Otani, you have Acuna, you have Soto, mm-hmm. who were like Glaber Torres, and then you had Andrew and Hoskins, and yep. Yeah, Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins, I always think it's funny because technically he wasn't a rookie, yeah, but it was true. a rookie card here. Um, but yeah, so you had all these like fantastic players. So from a card collecting standpoint, it might be a little difficult to top. However, who knew Aaron Judge was going to blow up the way he did? So I think, yep. um, yeah, I think that's always part of the fun of a season is see who kind of blows up. 100% agree. In worst case scenario, rookies aren't as good, and you still have second year cards of some incredible players. So it's hard to beat that. It's not going to happen. They're all going to be good. <laughs> Spoken like a true social media <laughs> spokesperson. Susan, thank Good you job. so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care of your kid. Have a great week.